That's perfect. Nah. <laughs> no. SpongeBob is not here. Um, okay, so I guess we gotta do some kind of intro. Did uh Tim send you any updates or set stuff he said he was working on? He did not. But I uh, just checked my messages just in case, and uh, yes, confirmed that he did not send us anything <laughs> extra. You hear that, Timmy? Oh, I don't know if we're including this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is because you guys didn't say for sure whether or not you were going to record that day. Hey, everybody, Tim here. I am going to drop in a few announcements, mainly... Um, in terms of our American Gods coverage. At the time of recording this, we're probably two episodes in to season two of American Gods, and we have not done a Watchers on the Couch uh, presents these American Gods yet. And the reason for that is American Gods season two and the final season of Game of Thrones are going to intersect for three or four weeks. And it was just going to be too much of a hassle to get everybody together twice a week to record two episodes. And then also me having to edit and release those two episodes for that uh, for that month span. So what we're going to do instead, since Watchers on the Couch was initially a Game of Thrones discussion podcast we're going to put the priority on Game of Thrones. We're going to cover Game of Thrones first, and then we'll circle back around probably and do season two of American Gods, more of a binge style, as opposed to an episode-by-episode episode breakdown. We'll probably cover multiple American Gods episodes per episode of uh, Watchers on the Couch, These American Gods. Just wanted to throw that out there, just so all of our listeners of the first season of these american gods know what's happening that's what's happening anyway back to watches at the movies welcome to another watchers on the couch podcast we are here to discuss the latest marvel movie Captain Marvel. Marvel or Marvel? That is a question I guess we should address <laughs> during the show. Uh, we, uh, we're here without the person who's usually on every Watchers on the Couch podcast. His name is Tim Pickerel. Gone. Patriarch. But we hope to uh, carry in his stead. R.I.P. Tim. Yeah, we'll miss you. Well, we have Venom filling in. Ven, uh, of course, Venom uh, well, we can't need, can't seem to shut up. But we need, uh, a, <laughs> we need a, a feline in on this podcast since you know we saw Captain Mar- Marvel. Yeah, it, I mean it's a perfect mm-hmm. thing for a cat to be here. But to be fair, a cat is always here on these mm-hmm. <laughs> shows with us when we record here. No Let's say where we're recording at though at Debbie's house. Mikasa, Tsukasa. Yeah, did we ever name your uh, house as a studio, an official studio name for your house? It's got to be something Stephen King related, right? I mean, it, I if it if I ever said that on a show, like made it a studio name, I would try to name it something like the House of Atrocities or okay, like okay. some kind of Stephen King like creepy thing. Uh. You can find all those in the archives, I guess, under the Castle Rock podcast. But 
Let's everybody introduce ourselves since we've been blabbing and telling course, nobody what our name is. Mm-hmm. My name is Chris Nays. My name is Debbie Hodges. And I'm Nick Beck. And that, again, with silence, is Venom. <laughs> He's joined us officially probably for the duration of the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Before we launch into the Captain Marvel, Marvel uh, discussion, I want to mention a movie I watched earlier tonight on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> damn it, now I forgot what it is. I'm going to have to edit this out. <laughs> Don't edit it. Let it roll, man. Let it flow. But I want to be sure of the movie that I'm talking about. I don't want to say... New movie? Yeah, it's a Netflix it's a movie Netflix with Ben movie? Affleck or whatever it is. No, that's with Ben Affleck, yeah, yeah triple, oh. triple something, yeah. triple frontier, triple yeah, frontier. Yeah, that that's what good. it is. That looked really good. You're welcome. What? I showed that to you. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about it on the radio. Whatever, I showed it to you first. So, <laughs> you're so welcome. I uh, I watched this with my dad and my brother before I came over to meet with you guys. And I wanted to include it as a, like, uh... Bonus feature? Yeah, some kind Papers. of, like, recommendation segment. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie has a crazy uh, popular cast right now. Like, all the actors involved are super well-known, and they all happen to be in this movie together. It's very weird. I guess Netflix can just, like, shell out all kinds of money to oh, everyone. I think it was beginning of, no, <laughs> end of last year, they just talked about that they just took out another, like, $3 billion loan. Wow. And they are, like, $2 billion in debt already. Okay. Netflix is? Yeah. There's, like, a, they're in huge amount of debt, but they're not worried about it because they have that much revenue from, they, they will get that revenue. Wait, debt or death? Because I think you said debt. Debt. No. <laughs> Someone is going to kill them because they owe so much money. Uh, Fancy that we say that because the entire plot of that movie is... Death. (laughs) Is death. They are being chased and people are trying to kill them the entire time in this movie. But this crazy cast includes our Charlie Hunnam... Uh, I probably should have said Ben Affleck first, (laughs) but he's listed second on here for some reason. Affleck? He always seems like somebody that just hates acting. Like, he just hates being there. Like, he's the guy that, like, doesn't really want to be there. So you're saying he's a dick? I don't know. I'm gonna agree. He looks like that. I feel like he's checked out. He looks like that even in this movie. So, yeah, I think you're onto something there. Just doing it for the paycheck. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what it's come to, you know? Like, he tried Batman, and he got shit for that. And now he's just like, I don't fucking care. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Batfleck is uh, in a weird spot right now. He was pretty good at this movie, I gotta say. I'll I'll give him a thumbs up for this uh, this role. But the other people in this movie are Pedro Pascal, who's, like, on a roll lately. What is he? Or who is he? Uh, He... Plays a character on Game of Thrones that uh, escapes me. I know people are going to write emails. Please don't. (laughs) Um, He's also going to star in the Boba Fett uh, Amazon series. Sure. Okay. And he's been in a bunch of uh, Narcos kind of shows on Netflix. Gotcha. So he's kind of like the running actor through all the Narcos stories. Okay. Um, But anyway, he's great on that. 
Uh, Oscar Isaac, who's been in the Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, sequels. Yeah. And all of these actors are no name after that. <laughs> so, no sense to mention them, but I will say uh, this movie was definitely a fun watch. One of those crazy famous actors um, may or may not pass away in this Die. film. R.I.P. <laughs> And to kind of go back to Netflix's debt, um, as of September 30th, 2018, they are in debt $8.34 mil- uh, billion. $8.34 billion. And they also just lost all of the Marvel mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, Disney. Disney. Yeah. Oh my God, I cannot wait for Disney streaming. So would you replace that with... No, I'm not going to fucking cancel Netflix. I was going to say. Just like, add on. Yeah. Yeah. Add on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think it would be worthy of doing that at any point? No. So, canceling Netflix? Yeah. Canceling no. Netflix for Disney. No. No, because, I mean, Netflix has got a wide variety of documentaries. Where, where and, am I going to get all my death? Like, that's not the parents. I don't, you know, like... I'm thinking Disney is going to have some kind of um, adult section away from all of the... You think? Yeah, because there's a lot of Disney movies that are Disney produced, but don't say that they're Disney. Yeah. That are pretty adult. And does the, doesn't Disney own the rights to like MGM movies and like all kinds? You're of probably stuff? right. Yeah, yeah. They t- like there's a whole shitload of movies they take mm-hmm. off of Netflix whenever mm-hmm. Disney goes away. Right. That's true. Hence the billions of dollars right, <laughs> that they right. are in debt now. <laughs> also, too, another really good one that I'm really interested in is the DC online streaming service. Yeah. It's got all digital comics on it. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, every, obviously, DC movie, not that they're, any of them are really great, but what's really interesting to me is all the animated movies are on there. Well, I'll, That would be totally worth uh, whatever it is, $70 a year for it. And animated series. Yes. You yes. Know, Batman, the animated series yeah. is on there. Hell yeah. Um, I, you know, I gotta disagree, though, with the movie uh, comment. Like, I actually really liked Wonder Woman. No, no, that was great. And I really liked Aquaman. Uh, that so, was great. They're turning around. They're on a roll. You gotta around. give them that. You know? But then you've got like Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, no. I, but, but James with, Gunn is doing that. They're so rebooting it, it, yeah. it may be good. Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad, which I never saw no, for whatever reason. Don't even worry about it. Which, speaking of James Gunn, how excited are you that he's back in Guardians? Uh, Tie-in. Yeah, they just announced that yesterday as of this recording. I'm pretty excited about it because he should have never lost in the first place, if you ask me. That's not me taking any political position necessarily, but I think it's kind of ridiculous that he ever lost the job. It was years ago before they hired him for it. Mm -hmm. So if that was an issue then, they should have looked into it and done the research on him. Not not made a snap decision for something that he did... Many years ago, and apologized for. I kind of feel like it was like his parents are like, "How dare you go sit in the corner?" Yeah, and then in five minutes, you're out playing again. Well, also you had the actors coming to his defense, saying if they could walk out, they would. Mm-hmm. If I, they were I actually heard or read somewhere that that was actually like a hit job by uh, conserv- extreme sort of radical conservatives. Oh yeah, they went after. Oh, so oh, so it was like a setup. Yeah, yeah, they went after him. They dug deep for that. That's at least there's widespread rumors of mm-hmm. that, if nothing else, not not confirmed or you know denied yeah, by this yeah. podcast necessarily. Right. But it is the truth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're making up facts here. <laughs> uh, before we get any further, I uh, feel like we should just dive into the movie because yeah, we've already been discussing. Yeah. Let's do it, Captain. Okay, stuff. so we're gonna say officially that because of the way it's spelled on the title, it's Captain Marvel. 
Mm-hmm. The character in the movie that she, that eventually she replaces is Captain Marvel. Okay, so kind of give your uh, base of knowledge behind this movie going in. Did you watch the trailer? Did I, either of you? I watch did it? watch the trailer. All I do watch them all. Yeah, as, I can get. I, I try to get as much information as possible going into it, so I kind of know a little bit about it. You know, mm-hmm. not to ruin it, but uh, to give a little bit. I was super excited about uh, that. The scrolls are going to be it. This first time we've seen the scrolls. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a big tie-in to uh, the Infinity Gauntlet and, and Thanos and all that and. Is she going to be the one that's going to stop him or turn back time or whatever it's going to be? Like I was, pre- I'm pretty, I was pretty excited going in to see in this movie how they're going to tie everything in. Yeah. Not to mention uh, a, a young Nick Fury slash Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which they did an amazing job on uh, de aging. So do you guys watch like one time or do you watch it multiple times? Like before you go see it, right before you go see it, do you watch the trailer again? No, I wouldn't say that, but any, anytime a new trailer comes out, I'll watch it two or three times Mm -hmm. and try to pick up on any details. So that's sort of closer to what I do is like, I watch it once or twice, then never watch it. So I could try to forget before I go in and just be surprised by everything that's happening. Like I, I'm more of a, I would say passive movie goer. Like I'm not as fanatic. I feel like about Marvel as everybody else is. But when I do go and I'm surprised by stuff, I really enjoy it. Well, another thing too with the trailers that Marvel's really I don't know whether you want to say good or bad is they're going to show you something on the trailer and won't it will not be in the movie. Right. The prime or it's example taken out of context. Right. A prime example of that is when in uh, Infinity War Hulk was running in the like in the forest in Wakanda. And Hulk was nowhere to be seen in that. It was the Hulkbuster. Yeah. So they like swap that to well, give you a false sense that he's going to be in the movie because that was kind of a big thing with that is that he wasn't in the movie. They just did that Spoiler again alert. with uh, <clears throat> Avengers Endgame because the trailers that we had been seeing, they, t- they took characters out of them walking or it's a completely yeah, different oh, they scene and they, and they walk again for whatever reason. Right. Because you, you didn't see Tony Stark in there at first or Nebula. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with the new trailers, now you do. Like, now they're saying they made it back to Earth at some point. And I, uh, also I should mention, I have yet to, uh, watch the latest Avengers trailer. Oh! Oh! So, that, I, you guys have more details on that than I do. I can't comment on it, but, uh, I will say I am excited for whatever Marvel has coming down the pike, because they've really done a stellar job across the board, I feel like. Absolutely. There's very little mistakes are made in these movies as far Which, as like... remind me of that because I'm going to bring up a point uh, about making mistakes and whether they actually did or not. So. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Um, should we like... Let's, let's legit get into this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, totally. But do it like... This, does this show always go all the way through the movie, or is it just sort of, yeah. can we talk about random stuff? I mean, you know, we, yeah, try, we try to get as much as we can about the movie in. Uh, obviously, we're going to have our side rants. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I feel like yeah, getting it, off track is a thing no, that's good. No, it totally is. Every every uh, Watchers on the Couch movies edition, it's like, welcome to Watchers of the Couch, Captain Marvel, um, what else have we talked about yet? Uh, uh, Infinity War, it's mm-hmm. like all these titles that we have, so yeah. absolutely, we can go on rants. It, it usually gets cut out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's at least uh, acknowledge the very opening of the movie. Do, what oh, What is the opening scene? Okay, okay. So first off, we I saw the picture that Kevin Smith posted on Facebook or whatever. Of That's him a little bit more than just the movie. Crying. Right? Yeah, his puffy just eyes. Crying, but that's not the opening scene. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm saying is, is it, he he was mentioning that. So then, 
So then um, when the movie came out and everybody could see it, I read about the Stanley things and how there were oh. two things in there. You're right. And okay. how the one was at the very beginning and that was the first thing you were going to see. And I just want to say, because this is the very beginning, the Stanley tribute with the Marvel having yes. it be all of his pictures and all of his cameos. R.I.P. Stan. Got me all in the feels. Yeah, they they actually acknowledged it before the Spider Man movie too, and oh, they said okay. like thank you, Stan. But this is going a whole uh, greater length to it give him just, his his amazing tribute. It was just such a sweet a sweet moment. Oh movie. yeah, totally. I love that title. Yeah, a lot. Oh, so good, so good. Uh, yeah, I legit don't exactly remember what the opening scene is beyond that. So if you, do you guys remember exactly what it is? What we open to? Oh, it's got to be her, Carol, Danvers. I thought we opened on... Oh, shit. I thought she was she was doing some type of training. Yeah. On, uh, I don't remember what planet. Yeah, the planet where they're at. It's got, well, it's got to be... Um, She's fighting... It's Hala? Is that what it's called? Something like that? Oh, Hala, gonna... Hala, Hala, Hala? Well, I think she was... <laughs> doing the training and then she got into the 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 weird dream thing should have made more notes look at us guys. do you want to just start with my notes and we'll just go yeah, from go there. there that's fine yeah sure she's doing a little uh <laughs> training sequence with her friend who dip- it ends up not being her friend spoiler alert she's Cree. they're on the planet of the home planet of Cree. okay well holla's way off um I'm going to go down my notes, and they are not necessarily in order of movie, but I tried to as best as I could. If there's stuff you want to throw in, feel free to do so. We don't even necessarily have to go in order. Uh, First general statement is I thought this movie is like an exercise in the perfect uh, blending use of nostalgia into a movie. Hell yeah. Like, we get the 80s nostalgia all the time, and 80s movies are still very prevalent in our culture Mm -hmm. in general. Uh, but 90s, we don't get as much of. Like, no. Harkening back to the 90s. <laughs> but is that because we're to that point now where throwing back to the 90s gets all the adults like, oh, I remember those times. Whereas when we were kids and growing up, 80s. it was the 80s for, yeah. you know, like our parents, like, oh, I remember those times. Well, yeah. also in comics, that's a very bright spot in, yeah. in Marvel's history. It is, you're right. Like, you got the X-Men uh, Chris Claremont doing art. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's or wait, was he a writer? I can't remember if he's an artist or a writer. I should know that, and I don't know that. <laughs> You're gonna stump me on that. Well, I mean, he still... he did X Men, sure, and and a bunch of Spider Man stuff like that. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, we get this blockbuster sort of scene very shortly after the opening movie. She and... basically lands on our planet. Through a block, the ceiling of a blockbuster, right? Which they nailed that thing to a T. I mean, it literally looked like I stepped back into a blockbuster. Yeah, they probably went to the last remaining blockbuster and just, just took pictures. It. <laughs> yeah, right. Is that an Oregon? Oregon, right? I think it is an yeah, Oregon. Okay. Is the last remaining? There was one in Alaska. Yeah, yeah that uh, closed. Yeah, there was two, and then mm-hmm. now there's one. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, I loved. I remember a blockbuster looking exactly, exactly like that in the '90s. And they had, you know, it was really, all, I guess they got the rights to her, or some way, shape, or form, Disney owned the rights to a lot of the movies that were on the yeah. the shelves, but they had some classic movies up there that you're like, oh my god, this is like literally stepping back into the 90s and going into the blockbuster. So, uh, also, nostalgia is, is kind of 
a big thing in this movie because we actually skip around in the timeline a little bit. We go to the 70s, we go to the 80s. When we're in the 70s, they play heart. When we're in the 80s, they play... uh, The entire soundtrack is actually female artists. I don't know if you noticed that. Right. So in the 90s, we also get... I mean, it feels like a 90s movie you almost have to play. Oh, wait, and... Not Pearl Jam, but there was another band, too. Oh, nine inch, she was wearing a Nine Inch Nails shirt. Yeah. No, I thought there was another... Which is that? Apparently... Well, the, the soundtrack's amazing. The Hole's soundtrack on, is great. I, I should... don't like Hole. Uh, I'll actually get to a song choice that I thought was totally wrong. It's not that one. Okay. Uh, but I, I really felt like they just nailed placing get up you in that moment. In time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the, whoever is running props at Marvel <laughs> knows exactly what they're doing. You right. Know? And sets and stuff like that. Some, there's some really great interactions uh, just outside of the blockbuster, too, when we first get Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. as a young Fury. 90 Samuel L. Jackson. Um, I looked at him a little too closely. Like, I feel, I feel like I was, my attention still, like, I can't separate that they are animating them to look young. Mm-hmm. Like in my head for some reason, so I'm always looking at Sam Jackson's head in a weird way. Right, you're like how? When I should just be looking at Sam Jackson because that's just him, right? You know what I mean? Also, in that scene, another nostalgia thing that's not so nostalgia, but it, it really it it, it is because it's no longer in his, in existence. Uh, Radio Shack, yeah, oh, right next door, blockbuster. And yeah, in every small town, the Radio Shack was right next to the blockbuster, right? Almost every time. Right. So. Well, I mean, that's great placement because if your D- if your DVD, if your VHS, you know, oh yeah, VCR goes out, you can go to Radio Shack, get it fixed, and then go next door and test it out. <laughs> or you need an overpriced R- RC car. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, too, uh, a weird opinion side note here, okay. uh, and if anybody knows, let us know. Do they have to pay rights to defunct companies? To use their brand, like Radio Shack, no longer in existence, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to reach out and say, "Hey, we want to use your your logo, your storefront, and pay somebody." I'm yeah, or, somebody or just like fuck them. They're they're out of business. Who who, who do they care? You if know? you want to Google it, feel free. <laughs> right. I, mean, I don't. I know. would imagine somebody still probably owns the rights to the name and the logo. Sure, I guess so. Copyrighted. Yeah. It's certainly possible. I mean, Somebody copyright, things yeah. that are copyrighted are copyrighted for however long. And then right. it's, and then it has to be re-upped again. So, I mean, somebody could still be paying for the copyright for it. That way, you know, that small chance it gets mm-hmm. used. Yeah, right. You're collecting the money. If there's an old thing, a property, or um, signifying thing about a business that ever made money, somebody would still try to make money. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, right. uh, so. so in the blockbuster, she actually picks up the right stuff, which is an astronaut movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. But uh, it, I think they picked that one because it is a two-tape box. Okay. Uh, so she picks it up, and it's like a little bigger than normal. Well, that, if, if the right stuff is an astronaut movie. Yeah. So I it's think, a space movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's right. A it's like an Easter egg. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about it, really, because I'd never seen the movie, but I just heard somebody talking about okay. it. So okay. Relaying information more than actually knowing what I'm talking about. Uh, I absolutely, back to Sam Jackson, I absolutely love him as Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Right. I was super enthused about seeing him, you know, in a totally different way in, in Marvel movies. It's not anything sort of way he's played that before, you know? It was before he got all hard and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like... 
And there's actually some sort of uh, shout-outs to, like, Pulp Fiction in this movie where, like, uh, he's drinking out of a cup at one moment. Um, gosh, I can't... It harkens to the scene in Pulp Fiction where Samuel Jackson's giving yeah. him the sermon before he shoots him. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? In the apartment. Um, but anyway, I I don't know about you guys, but Samuel Jackson pretty much is a, like, uh, bats a thousand in my head. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I don't like... I don't... Not like any of his movies. I can't think of one off the top of my head. So, so speaking yeah, of you're totally Jackson, right. he is actually, they're doing a sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard Okay. Ryan Reynolds, but it's going to be called uh, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, because apparently he's going to be protecting Selma Hayek this time in the movie. And now they've gotten also Morgan Freeman. Oh, wow. Apparently, that's what I, I read today. I think uh, the hitman's wife's bodyguard is a mouthful, and uh-huh. that is not a good movie title. <laughs> I gotta say that. Right. Regardless, I'm excited because those two together were great. I never saw the original. Oh, my God, oh you, you need to see it. it. It's, yeah. good. it's good. I like Ryan Reynolds. So, right. well, it's Deadpool and uh, Sam Jackson. Nick Fury. Yeah, Nick Fury. If you want to just always look at him as Nick Fury, I'm just, gonna I'm gonna say Sam Jackson. I always I, <laughs> I, I only see him as Deadpool now, so right. it's, it's always that's why uh, Deadpool Pikachu will be mm-hmm. fun too. Right. Uh, I really liked the Game Boy uh, paired with the payphone. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's pretty much what she bought at Radio Shack. Uh-huh. Which, uh huh. Which did they ever sell Nintendo products? I see, I don't think they. Did. I don't think they did either. They may have sold cases. Like off-brand cases for Does like Disney Game Boys. Nintendo? Hold on though, could you couldn't you rent game systems from Blockbuster? Yes. Maybe she got it from Blockbuster, bought some other parts there. Boom. Certainly well, possible. But yeah. But does Disney own Nintendo? No. 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 Okay. That's one of the. <laughs> that's their white. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm just wondering that, that would be why they would show. No, it no, no, no. I don't actually think it's their white whale, but uh, I thought it was funny to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the game, I, you know, another thing that brings me right back to the 90s is that big-ass Game Boy. You know what I'm saying? It was, it's actually the perfect size, but they sort of morphed that and lessened it and, and made bigger ones. Like, right. all kinds of shit. Um, I thought it was really good, too, during that entire scene right there, that nothing to her was out of place. Right. Because, you know, if we stepped on a, you know, a foreign planet, we wouldn't know what's good or bad mm-hmm. or old or new. And she played it off perfectly, like, okay, their technology sucks, I'll make do with what I got. Yeah, right. Do you think we really and, need to... And walking uh, up to the security guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think we really need to explain to people what the story is even in this podcast, or can we just well, talk I about mean, here, we, no, we random moments? the whole, like, first no, we skipped a lot, yeah. <laughs> where... I don't want to go through the whole... Like, I don't think that's the thing people necessarily want so, to listen to. Let me say this, is that... Uh, to kind of sum up this movie, like as far as the plot's concerned, it is through and through an origin mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. You cannot escape that. And that's kind of one of my big complaints about this movie. Even though we don't know anything about her and we need this origin story, I'm just, just tired of I'm just story. tired of origin stories. Well, there the problem but with you gotta do that to lay the I know, I know. But yeah. to, to me, like this entire movie was story, 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 care. story, story, action, action, done. Yeah, see that I was just gonna that's say that's formula. that's what the problem is though with the formula is that when you're building up a character and you're spending your precious minutes of this movie with non-action going on, explaining more about the story and 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 actually you aren't able to connect with the character then right. because um, 
It's leaving something to be desired. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And I get that. It's just See, I'm, I'm kind of burnt way. out on story, uh, like origin like stories. If it's too much up front, then you don't care about them because you don't know anything about them. But if they impress you with super badass action sequences, that uh, also can well, like, just win you over. Mm-hmm. Why? How? How are you doing this? How did this happen? Where did this come from? <laughs> right. Yeah. So and you spend a lot of time about. doing that too. Yeah. yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. those are definitely some like uh, not great things about the way they told this one in specific. It's a necessary evil. Right. I didn't think it was bad. Um, I certainly would place this movie above at least like three or four of the Marvel movies they put out. Yeah, for sure. Um like it's better than Ant Man and the Wasp. A hundred percent. Um geez, uh, you know, off the top of my head. Iron Man three. It's I like totally it better, better than, than uh, Iron the Man second 3. Thor. Uh Dark World? Yeah, I like okay. it better than that. I liked Dark World. I mean it was kind of a Yeah, it was okay. But you know, I like Thor so so we're just saying this movie is necessarily not at the bottom of the barrel. No, it's nor not. the top. Nor the top, right? It's somewhere right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it's a solid movie. We'll say that it's like a Neapolitan ice cream sandwich, <laughs> yeah. really. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna skip some more probably, but next thing I put in my notes is the Nine Inch Nails shirt. Uh, well, uh, hold on. Another example of nostalgia. We uh, we kind of forgot in to introduce like the the main. One Plot of the, of the movie. Yeah, well, the, one of the main characters is uh, the Scroll race. Um, they are shapeshifters. Um, uh, this is one part in the movie that uh, I really, really did not like and disagreed with because they completely changed the story of the Scrolls, um, or at least from what I've read. And the Scrolls have always been um, kind of how they played them out to be in the movie. Um, in the beginning, these uh, almost like a parasite. They come to your planet, they take over, they infiltrate you, they kill, take your technology, and move on. And that's what they are in the comic books. But then we find out later on, that's not necessarily the case in this movie. Well, I mean, that might not be the case in this movie for this particular group. But just any, because... any scroll in the comic books, to my knowledge, which I'm probably going to be wrong here, has always been a big bad or an evil. Well, maybe this guy's just very family oriented. <laughs> and he found like minded individuals. So, anyways, Scrolls, uh, uh, Captain Marvel has come to Earth, hit Blockbuster. Scrolls are um, following her because, well, yeah, because we, she we has information. Skipped all this. Jude Law is yes. her like mentor. mentor, and we think he's the good guy, and. He's helping her train and trying to get her to use her powers. Well, to not even use her powers. To be able to fight without the powers. Mm-hmm. Which we don't know how she got her powers yet. No. And and they go on a mission to the scrolls, And they realize that it was an ambush. And all they really wanted was her. And then mm-hmm. she was able to escape. But before that, they like zapped into her memories. And so now she doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And that's when she lands in Blockbuster. Yes, because she took an escape pod off their ship. Yes, and now she's being chased by the scrolls, and that's where she meets. And that's yeah, that's where she meets Fury, Fury. and Coulson. So, um, when we're on the chase after Blockbuster, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie, actually. Okay, like on the train. Yes, so we're going between the train and Coulson and uh, Fury in the awesome like. Uh, early nine. I guess it technically takes place in nineteen ninety five. Sure. 
And Coulson looked so young. But those cop cars were so specific. Yeah, Crown Vicks. Like, they are just the most iconic police cars in any action movie back then. Yeah. Uh, It really was one of the best things for me. Like... I grew up watching chase scenes with those cars in almost every single right. one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it's the perfect choice. This is also the first time we feel that Nick Fury's going to lose his eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But doesn't. Yeah, we were, we were <laughs> waiting for it to happen the whole movie. Yeah, that becomes a running <laughs> thing. Yep. Like, they tease it early and it's like, oh, is this the way he loses right. it? No. Because it looked fucked up, man. Real bad. All red and bloodshot and swollen. And I'm yeah, like, oh, it's so, just going to pop out and that's it. So, in this chase, there's actually these, like... Cop movie music stabs too, like oh really? I yeah, I picked up on that. Like th- soundtrack music for police chases and stuff is very sp- a specific thing, and I feel like they just really just did that with the symphony, uh, you know, choice choice like strings and stuff like that to heighten up moments, you know, that kind of like thing. the speed theme. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. it just reminded me of that <laughs> enough to write that in my notes. Sure, there. sure. Uh, that's where we get the Mallrat Stan Lee thing. Oh, where he's reading the yeah. script and he's he's going over his lines. Yeah. So apparently they filmed this uh, in a few months before he passed. Oh wow! And uh, he was feeling particularly weak that day. So Kevin Smith, uh, Kevin Feige actually. Uh, Asked him to send him, or asked him if he had a B-roll of Stanley filming Mallrats. Oh, okay. So, like the lines they, he's saying, yeah, they pulled those from archives that uh, I guess Universal had. Okay, uh, or whoever owns Mallrats, I think it's Universal. I think it's Miramax, but maybe it's Miramax. Yeah. Well, maybe Miramax, Miramax is owned by, by Universal now. Yeah, it's not a thing anymore for reasons we won't get into here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, so I think they used to be roll and that's pretty sweet that they were able to go and piece together thing, something, you know what I mean? So, okay, so you're saying that he Stanley wasn't really actually the wasn't train? in the movie? No, he was in it, he, they filmed him for this movie, for Marvel. Okay. Uh, but his audio, when he was speaking, he was mm. weak, oh, so they, gotcha. the recordings weren't all that great. Gotcha. So they just pulled the audio from... Yeah, and since his face is in the script, like, they can do that. Right. And yeah. the reason why he does that particular thing is because he said that was his favorite cameo he ever did in all of the movies. That's did. amazing that and he said that. Also, too, that... Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's just, like, the sweetest thing, and I can't imagine Kevin Smith seeing that. One of the things I did notice, and this this movie particularly pointed it out, that anytime somebody makes contact, generally, uh, with Stan Lee in a Marvel movie, they almost give him a nod of, they know who he is. Because mm-hmm. when Carol looks over uh, at him, and he looks up, she kind of like gives a little smirk, and then just walks away like, oh, hey, nice to see you here. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's almost like, and that goes kind of go, it goes back to that he's a, uh, oh, what the hell's her name, Watcher. Um, right? Am I saying that right? I can't remember. Anyways, regardless, uh, that's he's a celestial being. That oh, no- Stan Stanley is a yeah. is a watcher over the universe. Y- yes. Yeah, in yeah. the other movies, yeah, he did that. Right. That's so what I it's almost like people know who he is yeah. without knowing who he is. Right. You know, they um, special. It's very interesting what they've chosen to do with uh, Stanley's sort of. Uh, 
legacy in these movies like he has played a bunch of different just funny parts Mm -hmm. and then now they do this like super sweet obviously directed at kevin smith like by the filmmaker like thank you and also a thank you from stanley himself right right it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, that was his first cameo, right? In, yes. In a movie? I think so. I, I, yeah, I'm... I mean, he started it. Well, I mean, unless you consider the original, not the not the Fox cartoon, but there was an original uh, X-Men cartoon called uh, oh, uh, Pride of the X-Men, and he did the original intro. Mm. But that's not, I mean, you know, that's not a cameo, per se. Not a visual one. Right. Uh, do you guys want to go to the next scene, or do you want me to just list my well, next this is, uh, note? this is where she punches the old lady in the train, too, and they get into a fight. Oh, yeah, during yeah. the chase. <laughs> during the chase. Geez. Because the scroll takes the, the image of the sweet-looking old lady, and she's not buying it. Well, and all the, the what's great is we're with the passengers in yeah. that scene, and we're like, this does look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Just fighting an People old lady. People on the train are like, what the hell is going on? And they're trying to stop her. Right. Like, yeah. for a little bit. And then she's just like, bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so that was good. Yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, that, that whole chase scene was a really bright moment of this movie for me. Uh, and like I mentioned, the soundtrack, like, the combination between... Uh, we get rock and roll songs during sort of transitional moments and montages and stuff like that. Yep. Songs we normally wouldn't hear in other movies. Right. And then they also mix the symphony in with that. And there's actually some synth stuff too. Like synth- synthesizer, say that five times fast. No. <laughs> uh, stuff in this movie that really like punctuates space moments and stuff too. Like when they're out doing their thing in the mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's it's very um Thor Ragnarok Guardians of the Galaxy esque. Yeah. They're so I mean the soundtracks of these movies are so like unreal sometimes. Right. Huge budget for the soundtracks. Yeah. Uh when so when do we meet Goose? So that's when they leave. So she meets up with um Fury yep. again and then they go to that underground storage storage area. But we've seen Goose before this. Um, in her memories. In her memories, because Goose is uh, what's her face's cat, right? Which is the original Captain Marvel. Yeah, and in the comics, it's it's Chewie, and in this one, it's Goose for mm-hmm. Top Gun. For Top Gun. Interesting. Right. So yeah, we 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 are officially introduced uh, when they go to um, the storage unit. Yeah, the airfield or airbase or whatever it is. Yeah, underground the, storage. They're looking for uh, records or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anything to. Because she's trying to figure out why this lady's important. Yeah, and then uh, soon after that, she like sees that person she's looking for in the the planet's computer is like using it as a way to communicate with her, right? Like the the all being or whatever. I see. I don't remember specific well, no, terms the, on the planet. It like represents the. That's the leader who she of sees. the planet. Yeah, everybody sees somebody different, and yeah. that's who she sees. But she didn't know who that lady was until they got there and they found photos of her. Yeah, it shows you. It sh- it, the, and she saw she was in the photos with her. Yeah. She was like, I knew her. Yeah, the character shows you who you most uh, admire, I think is what it is. Or, yeah. Or respect. Yeah. So the computer, obviously it's a computer program, and it, you're interfacing with that computer. But to give, uh, you know, that particular... Uh, computer a face so you can communicate with it. it, it shows you that person. Yeah, it pulls from your, your memories. Pulls from your memories. 
So, yeah, I mean, we obviously Sam Jackson is, you get the sense early on he's going to be, like, paired with this cat because right. he's really nice to it. Um, Which, side note, she was severely allergic and he tolerated the cat, but he said as long as you gave him treats, he was good. Apparently, Goose was so well-behaved. That's why they had to have multiple cats. Goose was too well-behaved, so they had to have other cats come in that acted more like cats. Kind of like they, this one. Yeah, because they wanted, they wanted to have those weird, you know, like just the things that cats do, you know, like all of a sudden lifts its paw or does whatever. And the cat that was playing Goose the main, like most of the time was just so well-behaved that he didn't do that stuff. Yeah, he would just sit there yeah. and not do anything. And not right? move. Be... Be nice, look around a little bit. Yeah, and they, they wanted a cat to, to Curl cats. up on your legs or whatever. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they wanted the cat to cats. So they That's, had... I mean, some cats are very in tune with their trainer that way. They, like, adapt 100%. And that cat knows it's supposed to just yeah. sit there. Right. You know, it's been uh, moved around and gave enough treats mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, I know exactly I don't, what I'm supposed to do. I don't move. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, I thought that was interesting. When do we first learn, or, or uh, who first calls the cat a flurkin? Is it one of the, the head scroll? Yeah, it was when... That um, plays Coulson? Yeah. Uh, was it? Or no, was it, it it was when Talos. they get... So, yeah, it was Talos, when they get back to the house. That's right, Talos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we actually were discussing Talos before. That yes. was one of the only things Nick looked up before we started. So, uh, and I'm just going to throw it out there, because it. it's a fun fact. Uh, you know, instead... so. When they go to that underground base, um, one of the scrolls impersonates Nick Fury's boss. Right, and they're okay. there because Nick Fury tells them that they're there. Right. But what I didn't know is that Nick Fury's boss is the actor, or we can say character actor, who is playing Talos. So instead of, you two know, people. two people, you know, they used Talos as Nick Fury's boss, the actor who played Talos as his boss. Um, it's the same guy. Same guy. So when Talos is mimicking Nick Fury's boss, it's just him and without, his, makeup. without makeup. And I thought that was actually really cool. It was really cool. It was really cool uh, the 10 minutes after I finally realized what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> we did have a slight <laughs> argument or, I don't know, disagree. It miscommunication. Just, it was me saying, I'm not understanding why this should be important to me. <laughs> right. It doesn't have to be important to you. You're fun like, fact fun in fact. Nick's mind. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand why it's a fun fact. But then I got it, and it was an aha light bulb moment. Well, and also fun is in the... Uh, I guess, have the beholder. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely like, well, I don't... I mean, Subjective. I guess it's fun if you think it's fun. Right. Uh, like, of course it's that guy playing that guy. Who else would be playing that guy? Scrolls aren't real. <laughs> did you think that Goose was going to turn out to be more than uh, what he seemed to be after he said flirting? Did you think it was going to be what it was? I no. knew Alien. I was yes. not expecting that. Yeah. And have you seen the Funko Pops? I haven't seen the oh, Funko Pops of Goose. Oh my god, Great. they're the cutest things in the world. It, there's three Are they part versions. alien or are they just a there, cat? There's one that's just a cat. So for, uh, to kind of visually describe this, is a Flurkin is a, uh, a very rare beast or monster or whatever you want to call it in the universe um, alien creature alien creature they're traded quite frequently on the intergalactic black market for extremely amounts uh high amounts of money uh but they are a cat um that has these long ass tentacles almost like a octopus with 12 12 legs or whatever That's one. 12 arms 
and it comes out of its mouth and can eat pretty much anything because it can form pocket dimensions in its stomach. So it can hold objects, even though it's a cat's eyes, it can hold objects infinitely large because it creates dimensions in its own stomach. Is it uh, in the books at all? Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes. And here's one um, just a little bit out. Wow. And the, that, I love those. Uh, <laughs> definitely look up those Funko Pops. Send me pictures of those so I can post that. And it's exactly the same way in the comic books is that he's a very mild-mannered cat. And yeah. Carol Danvers has him for a long time. He actually, uh, uh, the character in the comic books... Uh, goes absolutely ballistic and actually takes it easy on Carol. And we just assume because Carol's taken care of the Flarkin mm-hmm. uh, for so long that he showed her pity, I guess, if you will. So, yeah, he's exactly the same way. Tentacles and all. <laughs> That's insane. I I, I really uh, thought the Flarkin thing was another great part of this movie. Oh like They so made amazing. it totally unique among other Marvel movies. Right. Uh-oh. Which, uh, kind of a side note, I think the first person to actually um, uh, recognize that uh, Chewie, actually named after Chewbacca, uh, in the comic books is Rocket. Rocket says, oh my god, you have a flurkin in here. And if uh, Debbie pointed out, um, unless we're wrong, that the Collector in the First Guardians yeah. has a flurkin in one of his little clear cases. He has a cat. I swear to God, I, I remember seeing a, a, a tabby cat. And the collector is, you know, he's he's a black market trader is what he is. Right. Yeah, so why wouldn't you want a Florican? Right. So, so we may somebody, have seen somebody Goose fact-checked that. <laughs> in pre, a previous movie. Right. Wow. Possibly. Yeah. All right, I'm going to share this with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know if the bike would pick that up. It might. It might. <laughs> yeah. It was a long one. Um, so okay, um, they get out of the airbase. She still she flies with a steel plane and she flies away. Yep. Um, they he, fly. And he's like, "Do you know how to fly this thing?" And she's like, "I think so." And then and then all of a sudden, Goose appears on the plane. Mm-hmm. And is a one of the scroll with them at this point. So here's uh, no. gonna, well, hold on. I'm gonna pause here a second. It's a little little uh, conspiracy theory that uh, is going around the interwebs. Is that at some point during this movie, uh, there's a possibility that Fury is a scroll. There is four scrolls that come out of the ocean scene. Mm -hmm. We only see three of them. Uh, Perish or die. Okay. okay, Or the main character, Talos. Oh, that's interesting. So 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 the other scroll is not accounted for anywhere? No. You can hear that, I'm sure. Um, here's, here's the little, somebody picked this fact up and I'm not taking credit for this. Okay. So, uh, one of the things you do for scrolls to be able to identify whether you are a scroll or not is you, you ask intimate details, um, something that a scroll couldn't make up or, or figure out. Uh, and when Carol is testing Nick Fury in the diner, uh, he said, she says, give me a weird fact that a scroll would never know. And he says, I cannot eat, um, Sandwiches that are cut diagonally. So fast forward to I think it was um, the first Avengers. Um, no, no, no. It was Ultron, Age of Ultron. Oh, Nick Fury the shows diner? up. No, no. Nick, uh, Nick Fury shows up at Hawkeye's ranch. Uh huh. He's eating a sandwich that is cut diagonally. Mm. So either that is a wow. That's very obscure. <laughs> so either this was an oversight over twenty-one movies. Give him credit. Or this was a a well-planned out Easter egg that eventually. Somehow, some way, Fury becomes a scroll in this movie, or 
in a future timeline, and the fury that we know currently is, is a scroll. scroll. Way out there, I'll give you that. Wow. But it's a possibility. And also the fact that some nerd wrote up that that whole thing about him with the sandwiches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, I understand, like, Nick Fury being in there eating that sandwich would be a thing that you would think about maybe if you knew these movies inside and out. Yeah. Right. I don't, and I didn't remember that scene before you brought it up. Uh, I certainly didn't remember if the fucking sandwich was cut Diag- diagonally right. or not. You right. Know? But, uh, I, yeah, that's interesting. If they chose to do that, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I, I, I think that that's awesome. Well, that's way such an obscure fact to throw out there. But like, I'm you telling you, though, they would, have, they would show a flashback of him eating it or something, like, to yeah. remind people. Right. But, no, well, that's not necessarily true. Uh, Marvel, I read this the other day, and it, I, I researched it, and it's all legitimately true. Uh, Marvel has run the longest Easter egg that some, probably most people have not picked up on. Tony Stark's left arm. From the very first Iron Man up until this current movie that we're on, uh, Stark always gets injured on his left arm. So what's going to happen, almost guaranteed, now this is my prediction, I have no evidence to prove this, uh, Stark's going to end up using the Infinity Gauntlet and losing his left arm. Mm. Because it's already fucked up, so he says, why not? And you always see him in the movies, like, grasping, you know, doing yeah, the whole arthritis yeah, the type thing. Uh-huh. He's rubbing his hand constantly because he's got so much damage to that arm over the years hmm. that it's, at this point, why... So they're running a 20, you know, almost 21 long movie Easter egg, potentially. Why wouldn't they go back and say, let's go back to Age of Ultron. We knew he's eating diagonal toast or whatever, right. a sandwich. Let's make that what he can't eat and leave that as a... Is he or isn't he? Is he or isn't he? See, I, from watching the trailers or something, uh, I remember seeing Stone, Tony Stark, one of his arms practically is, like, biomech. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's his left arm. It's always his left arm. Okay. Always. Even when he's fighting and gets damaged in his, like, uh, HUD display, heads-up display, it's always showing his left arm is damaged. Yeah. Which, ironically, is what glove, fan, on his left hand is what Thanos mm-hmm. wears his glove. So, anyways, Rant. Ooh, that's a deep dive. Deep dive. So somewhere in the movie, I wanted to mention this uh, while we're doing this. Uh, They use mini holograms to communicate. Like, okay, so Nick, you'll have to tell me who are those hooded guys with very pale skin? They they came. They're on a ship uh, outside of Earth. And the scroll, not the scroll, but the other bad guys in this movie are communicating with these. Are you talking about Ronan the Accuser? Ronan, yes. Yeah. Okay, so. Which I was so happy to see him back in. They use these mini holograms to communicate with the with the Ronan at one point, and I I love that the Star Wars stuff is like so standard in yeah. movies now, like. That is across the board the way that space people communicate with each other. Yeah. Mini hologram. Uh-huh. Right. You know what I mean? There's no other way. That's, no. It's set the standard. That's and good. I believe in the future we'll we'll have that device. It's not that far off. That's what I'm saying. It's I mean, it's practically far. achievable already. Well, they I mean, just have they, to find a way to make it cheaper. And they already smaller. do like hologram concert things. You know? Oh, yeah. And with those, though, it's actually like a stage setup, like... They have sensors all the way around the mm-hmm. um, stage, like even off to the sides, all the way up to the side. You know, like if you're standing way off over to the side, that wall of stuff would actually block you from seeing the hologram. Yeah, so, sure. 
technically a, tri- a magic trick still, <laughs> but uh, not that far off. Anyway, I just love how Star Wars stuff and like even like John Williams-y sort of music, yeah, all that kind of stuff is so ingrained in these movies now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being a Star Wars fan, I just well, like you it. know, Disney can do whatever they want. They own it now. So yeah, right. and I think like people just like it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So well, you like, expect it. You, yeah, you right. Would think that's how it would be. Otherwise, it's weird. So when they when the scroll gets to the house, um, uh, let me phrase that. Carol and Fury go to Carol's uh, best friend's house. And at this point, uh, Carol's assumed dead because she just disappeared off the yeah, planet. Yeah, she doesn't know who these she people was in, are. Uh, she doesn't remember them. The long story short, she was in an experimental plane crash. Um, they tried to cover it up and uh, just considered her uh, KIA. Mm-hmm. So when she shows up, she's shocked. She tells her the whole story that she doesn't really know who she is. And then as they're kind of getting on their way and, and figuring out their mission, uh, boom, one of the scrolls pops up. Yeah. And drops and, uh, you know... No, two of them pop two up. Two of them pop up. Because the one's yeah. outside holding the girl. Yep. And uh, kind of drops a bombshell that they're not the bad guys. Uh, so and that, all they're looking for is a place to live peacefully. Wouldn't that be the two scrolls then accounted for? Mm-mm. That's still only three. Because they killed one. Uh, Fury... Remember, they did the autopsy on the one because Fury knocked him out or killed him or did whatever. Right. And then the other two are the ones in that house. Talos and his Mm. scientist or whatever. Yeah, he's the scientist. So there's still a missing scroll somewhere. Right. Uh, Whether that was an oversight or maybe it got cut from the final movie theatrical release. Maybe we'll see it in the extended cuts or deleted scenes. Yeah. As of right now, he's missing. So the good scroll ingratiates himself to Captain Marvel, Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and crew. Uh, Basically tells them that the Kree are actually the enemies. Right. That they're trying to control uh, Carol. And that and, her old mentor was helping them. Yeah, not... Trying to get them away right, from the Kree. Right, exactly. And they have a, like a light speed engine or something like that, that that would help them get to a new planet. Because the Kree destroyed their home planet. Right. Hence why uh, Ronan's so pissed. It's because yeah, he destroyed their planet. Mm-hmm. Kree destroyed their planet. So so Carol kind of uh, begins being friends with her long-lost friend again. Yes. And is being reminded of all of this stuff that she did, but she doesn't remember any of, it, any of it, so she feels really bad. But there's a strong connection between her and her friend's daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this movie, which I thought was a really nice touch of this movie, like a little bit of light uh, stuff in with all this bad shit happening around them, you know, being chased by aliens and that kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, I mean, where do we go after that? From they, there, it start. It now here comes the action part. Yeah, because now Jude Law has tracked her down on Earth. Mm-hmm. And he's coming after her, and he find he's getting ready to realize that she switched teams. Right, which in the same instance, uh, the scene right before that, all that happened. Uh, apparently, her suit is uh, her Captain Marvel suit is uh, can change colors, oh, make it whatever you call it, customizable. We'll say, and I have to say, the neon one that she had was fucking badass. Yeah. I, I wish that would have stayed in there for a little bit longer, but there's she changed a, colors. There's a funny moment with her neighbor too, where uh, where Carol is very accusatory of yes, acu- accusing of the neighbor that comes to the door. Yeah, uh, and he's asking about the plane that's outside. <laughs> like, let me check out this plane. It's like a spaceship. Can I check it out? I've never seen anything like this. My kid loves planes. Can I have it? 
no, get the hell out of here. She calls it a bird. <laughs> right. Or he calls it a bird, and she's very confused. By right, it. right. Yeah, no, it's a great, great scene with them. So, yeah, so they leave to go to the... They uh, retrofit the spaceship so that they can go up to the scroll ship that's incognito, yeah, it's floating above Earth. Um, because the original Captain Marvel was trying to get them out of there. Mm-hmm. She built an engine for that ship so that ship could travel to another planet. And that that uh, actress is uh, Annette Benning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually never mentioned who plays Carol. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Brie Larson. Brie Larson, Brie Larson. Right. Which, you know, you brought uh, Debbie brought this up, and I didn't see it in this movie, and, and I didn't realize she's in a bunch of other movies, so I'd have to go back and watch, but... One of the big complaints is that she was kind of emotionless. Did you feel that way, Chris? Uh, I just felt what not very connected to her character for the majority of the movie. Just because, like, I I don't know why I'm supposed to care if she doesn't even know anything about her. I don't know anything about her either. That's why you need this origin story. No, it's explaining it to me, but it's just taking a long time to it's do it. It's not taking a long right. time. It was a good amount of time. I mean, I felt fine when I was watching it, but thinking back on it, I'm like... Well, I, I still don't really like origin movies, though. So, yeah, that's what I'm so, saying. I don't know. I like, I, But I kind of roll with movies, though. I don't think about it too much. Like I said, I forgot everything I saw in the trailer when I watched it like sure. a couple months ago or whatever it was. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think the the haters had any room to say anything. Well, I, I think, think uh, she did amazing. Yeah, what do you think here. about uh, Annette Bening in, in that role? Like, uh, she's well, an interesting older uh, female actress that... You know, she's very famous. Again, right. like, we, we are, there's, it's she chock full of like, a Kathy Bates. Like, she can do pretty much anything, anything and, and, and make it's it good. good. Right. Mm-hmm. She's in uh, American Beauty, and that's one of my favorite movies. Unfortunately ruined by, <laughs> what's his name? Crazy. Also being a creep. Right. That's going to be a running theme, I guess, throughout this. Is like, who, I, all these creeps I ruining movies. I absolutely loved the movie she was in with uh, Michael Douglas. It was An American President. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I love that movie so That's, much, <laughs> but I absolutely love it. Is that a, like a romantic comedy based around a presidency? Yeah. yeah. That's weird. It's bit, I, I, and I was like a teenager when I loved this movie, and I'm watching a movie about like two middle-aged people, Yeah. one being the president, one being a lobbyist, Yeah. falling in love. <laughs> the most random thing to like. But I've always liked Annette Benny. I also really loved her in Mars Attacks. I thought she yeah, was hilarious was in that movie. Oh, I yeah, that's... I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're totally right. She um, was the wife of the one character that Jack Nicholson played. Oh, yeah, and there's like a million people in that movie, too, mm-hmm. so it shouldn't surprise me that she's in that. Yeah. Okay, so they're on the ship. Uh, do you remember what the pinball machine was? No, uh, not off the top of my head, I don't. But well, I, there was, was another arcade something. machine in yeah. there, too. They had a lot of 90s nostalgia up in yeah. that ship. Uh, so... That ship was uh, holding a whole bunch of scrolls, and basically it was Talos's family yeah. that was up there. So Carol goes up there, they tell the whole story, they said, okay, let's do it, and then boom, here comes Jude Law and the Kree yeah. uh, wrecking havoc on the situation. And they're so, trying to steal the Tesseract. Yes. Right. Which, at that point, we don't know it's a Tesseract, although we do know it's a Tesseract. It's a blue box that right. glows. I think, uh, before we get into like final sequences and stuff... Before this, there's a montage where they play "No Doubt," uh, "Just a Girl." Yeah, that was I love that song. Um, outside of this movie, sure, <laughs> I did not like it in this movie. I feel like it's way too on the nose. 
Oh. It's like... What scene was thanks it? Captain She's obvious. Captain Marvel. She's a girl. Let's just use a song that says a girl in it. What, what, like, that's how it feels to me. What scene was that in? Because I don't remember feeling that way. It's like a montage moment where... Um, I don't know if maybe it's... I, I wish I could remember exactly when it is. I don't. Huh. Saw this movie two weeks ago. So sure. It's, um, anyway, uh, that was basically the only... Uh, music choice that I wasn't really a fan of. The whole thing is like, I could take it or leave it. I don't like Courtney Love, but um, the song is okay. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, but the soundtrack overall I loved, I gotta say. Well, it, was, uh, it was a nice uh, girl-powered theme soundtrack for yeah. a girl-powered movie. But but uh, but at the same time, I feel like that should be, feel patronizing to you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't? It's nice. Okay. It's nice to know that a lot of women went into the making of a movie. Yeah, but so we uh, to be fair, though, we also had uh, ScarJo, like... Holding it down almost from day one, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so like, that's I true. wish they almost would have gave her a movie before well, they this. Are. They, they are. are. No, before this. Oh. No, yeah. you're getting a whole new woman character when you've. I guess you've had her in alongside all of these awesome male but, actors okay. forever. I mean, throughout uh, all these movies, but outside of her, uh, Scarlett Johansson's uh, origin story, uh, Black Widow's origin story, like, do you really need that now? Because. No, when, not on the verge of uh, Avengers and stuff. Yeah. Right. If it was, if we weren't in necessarily the same situation, where like the fir- the the Avengers with uh, with what's his name, you know, vanishing everybody. Thanos. Yeah. Thanos. I don't know why I couldn't fucking think of <laughs> Thanos. Uh, then there's no way you can do another Marvel movie in between. Right. right. They're already. I mean, jamming them in there. I'm jamming them in there. I want to say that. There was a year they did three in a year. There's probably maybe even been one where they did four in a year. Yeah. Well, they're doing they're doing uh, Captain Marvel, the new Spider Man, and then Endgame this year. Mm-hmm. I thought there was another. Well, there was another Spider Man that was a uh, that animated. was not. Yeah, but that was the animated. Right. Yeah. Spider Spider Man. But, but technically, from, but technically from, Marvel movie. Far from Home's coming out this year. Yep. Yep. End of the year. Oh, um, we probably won't see... No, no, we won't see that. Venom. The second Venom. So, uh, okay. I guess we left off with Annette Benning, but where do we go beyond... So, an epic fight ensues. Well, right before that, they they come up with a plan to fight the Kree. Mm -hmm. Uh, Part of this is uh, a little bait and switch with the Tesseract. Right. Who we then... This is the scene (laughs) where we understand that uh, a Flurkin can create pocket dimensions in its stomach. And that Goose isn't what he seems. And it's not what he seems because he eats a whole bunch of people. Right. Uh, (laughs) Well, he he has tentacles that come out from his, his mouth. Right. There's a great Sam Jackson line where he says, Mother Flurkin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. And that was like the best right. thing. Uh, that, and I believe that's when he gets scratched on the eye. No. Oh, it's it not. Is not. This is another part. Yeah, this, that's at the very end. Uh, um, this is when he also, like, come on, do yeah, your thing, he's, hold he's them up. To make and, the cat. and the cat's like, nah, it ain't happening. And then they just take them prisoner for a little bit. Right. Uh, well, but but then we realize that the cat didn't do anything because he knew it was the scroll under there mm-hmm. that he was impersonating somebody. So Sam Jackson didn't know that, but Kitty Cat knew that. So mm-hmm. he's not going to eat one of the good guys. So Venom likes beer. Venom. Um, <laughs> he likes bush. You're not old enough. 
Uh, yeah. So I guess we're in this fan, this kind of final battle sort final of battle, thing. Yeah. So you got, um, you got. Do we have any sort of overall well, comments on that? I yeah. Don't this really is this remember. is where she. Um, this is where she learns how badass she can powers. be and yeah, that be, she can fly. Yeah, because the it was uh, she had a little thing on her neck that was it was told to her that that little I I'm, I uh, equate it to the same thing that's on uh, Thor and Thor Ragnarok the little control device there, but it's it's uh, dampening her powers and not allowing her to be who she her her true self. Right. You know, so Jude, Jude Law captures her again. And she's in that weird dreamlike state with Annette Benning. Mm-hmm. And in that weird dreamlike state, she realizes that she can overpower Annette Benning. And in real life, she removes that thing and then like and breaks free from the restraints. A legit badass. Yeah. I also love. And she becomes on fire. Yeah, I love the statement overpowering Annette Benning. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did. Power top. Power top. That could be like a song title or something <laughs> like that. Um. Yeah, I I really enjoyed her uh, escaping from them that way, and then basically laying waste to anybody that gets in her right. And I mean, us. I mean, it is it's just she is fucking them up good. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no competition. She has a nice battle with Jude Law, All right? And then probably one of the I don't want to say the underrated comedy points of that is when Ronan shows up because Ronan was then hired to capture her mm-hmm. uh, by the Cree and. Uh, they pull up in the spaceship. Right, the th- three or four of them. Uh, yeah. They launch this like tactical warhead, and here comes Captain Marvel flying up like Superman and poof, blows that thing out of the air. And, and they at that point they're just like, "Well, fuck this, oh, we're out of here." Hit the reverse <laughs> button, beep, 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 and backs the yeah. hell out of there and goes. It's a nice moment of levity in that, right? In that whole crazy battle situation. Which like, really, uh, you know, when you... Re- and, and again, I know Ronan's young and probably doesn't know all of his powers and doesn't have the Power Stone. Um, was it Power Stone or Reality Stone? I can't remember. That was in Guardians. First Guardians. Oh, uh, that was... Um, Purple one. Anyways. I thought that was the reality. Uh, I think you're right. But anyways, like, that he's backing away from Captain Marvel, but yet he was standing up to Thanos mm-hmm. right to that dude's face. And Thanos put him in his place, but still, that he well, had the balls to stand up. Did he even to him. know like how powerful Thanos was? I yeah, mean, he saw firsthand no, for what sure. she was doing. Right? No, no, no. He, yeah, there's no question. He's mm-hmm. the Mad Titan. He's got a reputation. I just thought, you know, maybe he was being cocky. A little bit of that, but still, that he stood up to him, I thought was, you know, and and backed away from Marvel, mm-hmm. Marvel. So, uh, how do we? What? Where do we end up at the end of this battle? I guess they're on the beach. Mm-hmm. Or uh, or some kind of deserty area, maybe, yeah. or something like that. And he's begging her to, you know, destroy him. Basically, Jude Law is Jude Law's character With, without her powers, though. Yeah, he, he's, he's like at, still and like egging her on yeah. because when they were training, she would always use her powers to to, to defeat him in training. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he was trying to get her to use, uh, you know, be more tactical, understand her enemy and, and become a fighter not just you rely on her powers so he brings that up again and, you know hey if you want to be a real woman you know you fight me without your powers and she's just like yeah nope yeah fucks him up real good and like shoots him I feel like we're missing stuff though like what <laughs> there's plenty I know there's oh, plenty I mean, moments that I didn't make notes of so 
Uh, well, if you guys are relying on me to connect no, the no, dots no. here, and, and then uh, and then we leave there. <laughs> we leave there, and we go back to well. When does Fury get scratched? That is at that's... almost the very end of the movie when he's holding the holding the cat up, saying, "Aren't you a good cat?" or something. Yeah. And the cat's as soon as he picks him up, and this had to have been another cat because as soon as he picks uh, the uh, goose, goose up, uh, you can see the cat is distressed, and it's that that low meow that's like you're about to get fucked up if you don't put me down right anybody that owns a cat knows that meow um and then as soon as he starts egging him on like oh you good kitty that's when the the florican's like right on the face uh three slash three or four slashes across the eye mm-hmm. right and that's how you know he gets his eye patch because apparently it, it cut him too good well, like I was saying, cats, you know, their nails, anytime they scratch, they give like some, you know, weird itchy infection mm-hmm. type thing. So Bacteria. in your eye, I'm sure that probably fucked him up. Right. <laughs> yeah, and his eye patch that he originally has is a weird silvery sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's what... like, yeah, it's like a piece of sheet metal with tape yeah. on it. Like it's... he just taped it on there. I wasn't sure if it lo- was like sheet metal or what it was. It looked very strange to me. He just like, went, and, yeah, like went into the downstairs and like, what do we got in here? Ah, it looks good. Take a pair of scissors, <laughs> cut it around there, put some scotch tape across it, and boom, you got an eye. And then is it is it Coulson that brings him the case of uh, eyes of mm-hmm. spare, yes. spare glass eyes? And we yes. have some. I think he says we have some uh, important matters to take care of, yeah. or pressing matters or something. Yeah, then it, which I. Of course, he decides to go no, uh, right? But uh, right. Uh, and then uh, the cat's in the office still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he still has the kitty cat. So has Goose because they had a really good bond. Well, and he has the tesseract. (laughs) And he has the tesseract. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They don't know what to do with that yet. Yeah. Um, Or how to get that back? I would imagine. I mean, how do you ask a cat to give something back? You don't. Right. Right. So, uh, does is that about where we close? Where does she? Where does uh, Carol end up? So she leaves the planet, right? Is yes. that how it ends? She, yeah. She goes back to Cree. Assume no. I don't no. know. No, she, does she go off with the scrolls? I thought she was she was making sure that they got back safer. Yeah, she was like a personal escort to the scrolls. Yeah, because she went and flew off. And pretty much again the last scene where we tie all these movies together is when she gives fury a um two two way pager basically yeah. that she can uh you know with upgrades of course that uh can communicate to uh, only in Carol. emergencies only in emergencies and she says it like if you're within a couple of galaxies right i'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be able to pick it up so right i like that line a lot yeah um so that's how we tie the movies together. Um, and is that one of the cutscenes? I think that's no, the no. no. The, the first cutscene is then Goose is on Fury's desk and he starts barfing <laughs> up the tesseract. <laughs> that's the first one or the second one? That because I think there's one where the they one. Oh, they find the, the pager. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah this, and it, the, it won't right. turn on. The first right. one is the then we see everybody in the Avengers that's still alive after the snap. Yeah, we're back in our current time. Right. Yeah, and they have no idea what it is. It's going off, but then it finally died. Yeah, and now and, it's hooked up to uh, energy source of yeah, some kind to like, keep it powering on. It. Yeah, and then they're like, I don't know how long do we keep this thing going until something happens, and then boom, they turn around and there's there she is. There she is, mm-hmm. and her hair's longer. So you know, time has passed. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and she's like at, she's asking for fury. Yeah, she's like, where's fury? Uh, has since been dusted. I was gonna say, so he was one of the people that got dusted, right? Because right, right he he's about to say mother, yeah. and, <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he goes to dust. 
So apparently they're Marvel's unafraid of making reference to everything that right. he's right. ever done. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the second cut scene, uh, Goose puking up the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Which, like, again, if you're a cat owner, you know that so well. The noises. As soon as he started, yeah, the, the, the movement, weird movement. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's barfing. The weird jerky sort of movement. Yeah, stomach contractions of... Uh, it was the perfect puke. I know it was a CGI cat, but they nailed that puking. Yes. So I saw this movie with my dad. We never even mentioned like where we went to go see it or anything. Maybe we'll do that at the end. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I saw it with my dad at Ronnie's, which has been uh, upgraded recently. I don't know if you guys That's have been where there. we went. That's where we went. So uh, great theater, uh, but my dad has never been a cat person. We didn't like growing up. And, uh, you know, we never really had cats very much. Once my mom and George got together, I guess I was probably like five or six or something like that. From then on, we didn't have cats. So, and he's not necessarily as amused with cat stuff as other people are. So when the cat was puking, he wasn't that amused by that. He was like, that's gross. Fucking cat. (laughs) Fucking cat puking everywhere. That's why I didn't want him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. what he's thinking. Right, right. And most cat owners are like, yeah, yeah, that's what they do. They do that's that. That's what they do. And we clean it up. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like that they pick that as a as a cut scene. I feel like it fits really well, especially like with the overall tone of the movie too. I feel like this movie kind of doesn't take itself too seriously too. Like there, if you're talking it's been like about the theme with the right, well check movies. check it out. So, you got the end of the Avengers, latest Avengers movie, where Thanos fucking dusts people to, like, half of the population. Mm -hmm. And they mention it in this movie, but it's very, like, it's all the way at the end. It's in a cut scene, you know what I'm saying? It's, like, detached from the actual movie. So, you get something so dark like that, that you gotta follow it up with, one or two or three, something to take the edge off of that because that is rough stuff. Like Spider-Man crying Mm -hmm. and like telling Stark, I don't feel well. Well, maybe he wasn't crying. It looked like maybe. Oh, he was. was. Okay, I'm pretty sure he was. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, yeah, he's crying. Super, super dark and like tugs at your heart what even the most like heartless person right. had, seeing a kid like dust to death in front of a basically uh what represents his dad mm-hmm. father figure right yeah right. uh it, and sensing it before it happens right because and, and not understanding what he's sensing yeah it's like when people actually die right so that's why people connect to it right right we're combining real life with fantasy here folks um no, great movie though. I thought overall I would probably uh like we said, rank it somewhere in the middle. There's certainly Marvel movies and action movies and fantasy movies that are way worse. Uh and so we'll not get into I, that. I mark it higher than I, I give it above normal grade. I liked it more than you guys apparently. <laughs> I mean I enjoyed it when I was watching it, but if I, you can't help but compare to the like, other Marvels. Like right now, like I totally wanna go see it again. I mean, I give it like a, a solid um, seven out of ten '90s chick bands. <laughs> I'll give it eight out of ten '90s chick bands. Okay, and here's why: Sam Jackson. I feel I mean, like yeah, he was great. I, I feel mean, like he was, he was better in this than any of his other Marvel roles because I like that lighthearted. 
what, uh, style what, what of was, Sam Jackson Moore. Yet. Real quick, give your rating, and then I got to say one more thing too. I'm gonna give it an eight. Eight. We're t- so technically, you could even give it higher than that though, because you like it more than me, and I gave it eight. I give chick it an eight point five. Eight point eight point five chick band. So. Mm-hmm. A chick band that's broken up and two of the members aren't in the band anymore. Right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Something that we didn't talk about that is actually that I just now thought about too is this was this movie that you say Sam Jackson was like one of the better parts of this movie and you're absolutely right because neither Captain Marvel or Nick Fury were the main character. They were both equally sharing the parts which gave them an opportunity to not only give the origin story for... Um, Captain Marvel, but, but a fair, good backstory for Fury. And Coulson. And, yeah, a little bit of Coulson. See, yeah, because so. Coulson was new. He didn't have to have any type of alliance to Fury, but he, he saved Fury's ass. Right, we which didn't, we didn't men- talk about. Yeah, yeah, we didn't mention that, but Coulson... <laughs> yeah, there's, well, there's plenty of things we didn't mention, right. yeah, let's but be fair. At, at one point, Coulson, you know, when they're trying to find him, knows where they're at and acts like they weren't there. Right. And, and right. that was... Because he had a feeling. Yeah, that was really nice. Follow his rookie gut. Uh, Nick, tell me in the books how much uh, Nick Fury like background is there really? Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know 100%. Okay. Um, I think he's more one of those, those characters that have just been around yeah. um, and never really needed a backstory. Yeah. I'm sure there is somewhere, um, but to my reading knowledge... Of and listen, books, like Marvel goes back quite a ways. Yeah. That character is decades old at this right, point. Right, right. So, I just like how he slowly morphed into, in the comics, in the comics Samuel L. Jackson. Which, yeah. here's a little cool side <laughs> note, is that uh, Marvel or, and Sam Jackson, they came to an agreement so that the current Nick Fury in the comic books... It basically is Sam Jackson. They used his likeness mm-hmm. and they because before he too. was uh, you know, a white dude, eye patch, uh, silver streak in his hair, mm-hmm. um, kind of more of a buff cut dude. And now he's trench coat, eye patch, bald head, Sam Jackson in the comic yeah. books. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I like how they morphed yeah. it into yeah. it's just him. They start I mean, look, with Marvel Comics they're trying to sell comic books, so like F on the cover the character looks more like yeah, the movie true. character. It's gonna sell more, right? That's just and but of course the hardened uh, comic fan that has been around forever before the movies took off like they have would probably buy it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least this way you don't have the people going. Well, that's not like the comic book. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And we we're joined by the version of oh. Goose that yes, is, lives right. in this house, the tailless Goose. The cl- <laughs> The tailless goose. Please don't sneeze. Is that why Goose order. crashed in uh, in Top Gun? <laughs> he lost the tail of his car? Right. Or his, his, his car. Airplane. His airplane. <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? It's a car with uh, wings. Right. Come on, guys. Uh, all right. And jet engines. But overall, great movie, like you said. Uh, definitely yeah. go see it if you haven't. It really does tie everything together. Um, if you're a fan, fan of any of the other Marvel movies, uh, number one, you're going to have to see it. To, mm. So it all kind of links together and number two you'll enjoy it there's no question about it right uh so yeah do, i don't really know how tim closes the show <laughs> um so should we just i guess plug stuff yes absolutely do you have anything coming up i do have things coming up Ooh, what do you have share. Coming up? uh my podcast the ritual disc flip uh is entering its uh third month and 
we are going to be reviewing an album very soon on the show. Uh, I like to kind of tease what it is on the socials, so just look up the show at Ritual Disc Flip on all your social medias. Uh, and we review albums old and new. We talk about live shows that we go to. Um, I guess I should give an example of something we do. Uh, the latest album we covered is Pantera's Great Southern Trend Kill. Oh, great album. And so we really dug in on it and we ended up having like a two and a half hour conversation. Nice. And that's more than double the length of the actual album. <laughs> so apparently had, there was some meat on that bone. Um, but that's the one that's getting the most numbers right now. I feel like people are really enjoy- enjoying that one. So, uh, again, at Ritual Disc Flip on all the social medias. And, uh, Debbie and I do the Castle Rock Watchers on the Couch podcast. So you can listen to that. Look out for American God Watchers on the Couch American Gods coming up soon and Game of Thrones. Well, I don't know if they're doing American Gods. Are yeah, we, are so, we not doing American Gods? Well, that's a topic of discussion that I think Tim would probably be best suited to address. Okay, but so it's sort of yes, look out for uh, possibly look out for American Gods watchers on the couch. Uh, certainly more Castle Rock whenever that show comes back, and more movies coming up soon. Pet <gasps> Cemetery is we getting had, ready to come yeah, out. We gotta, we gotta do the Pet that's Cemetery gonna be a big one. one. Cause we gotta we gotta watch the original, and then go see, and then and then see the. I'm one. yeah, I'm down for that plan. For I want sure. I want to I want to compare. Yes, I'm sure we could. Have so is that going to be a podcast? On that might be a, a joint uh, right podcast, like Watchers Castle Rock and Watchers uh, at the, the movies. movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the only uh, movie coming out that I can think of. We don't need to mention any others. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye, bye, bye.